Hey, what's up, SFL Nation? Welcome back to another great episode of SFL Nights with AJ Stryker. Hope you had a great day, a great week, great weekend, and I hope you're having a great year so far. Tonight's podcast includes SFL history, players gone but not forgotten, and a little bit of league history as well. We have SFL story time featuring James Klein, teams of the league featuring the London Knights, week 11 review, player of the game, was I right, and picks for week 12. My fourth and goal interview has Deezer Powell of the New Orleans Pharaohs and Kintez Johnson of the Houston Hyenas. So, I'm very excited about tonight's podcast. And again, thank you so much for coming back to join me. I do have the updated playoff outlook. And as of Monday night, it goes as follows. Uh, top six teams are Denver sitting at 8-2, and two, Dallas sitting at 8-3, and three. Baltimore, Alaska, and New Orleans Pharaohs are seven and three. Mexico is seven and four. Wildcard teams include Sioux Falls, Tallahassee, and Chicago sitting at six and four. London at five and five. In the hunt, Las Vegas, Queen City are at five and five. And Vancouver, OKC, and Tulsa sitting at four and six. So uh, we've got some work to do still. Uh, teams that are eliminated, St. Louis, Carolina, Indy, San Francisco, Atlanta, oh, and Houston. Oh. Um, all right, Tulsa, we got to win out, man, because if we don't, we're going to be starting our offseason very early. So I'm hoping that we can uh, pull these next games out, get back in that win column. But next up, we have SFL history, players gone but not forgotten, and a little bit of league history. Stay tuned. Welcome back to SFL History. Tonight on SFL History, I am doing a little player history and league history as well. I'll give you a few names of some defensive players that are gone but not forgotten. And if you guys have any players that you feel should be on this list, let me know um, that are gone and not forgotten. Because for the current players, I'm going to do something a little different um, as far as their records go. But... Um, I'm also going to be giving you a little bit of league history as well with this one. But the player history goes as follows. Now, from Dallas, uh, Troy LaShaw excuse me, had 293 tackles and 27 interceptions. Heath McDaniel Sr. had 30 passes defended. From Houston, Ryan Michaels had 24 passes defended. And Aaron Arlington had uh, 19 interceptions for their seasons. Uh, London, Frank Axmall had 17.5 sacks in his season. OKC, Billy Joe Castle, Billy Joe Casper, 48 interceptions and 497 tackles. Cam Michaels, 75 passes defended. From Queen City, uh, DJ McCoo. Had 558 tackles and 35 passes defended for season seven. Uh, Stenzo Woods had 15 passes defended for season nine. Greg Morrison had 18 interceptions for San Fran. Abner St. John, 15 sacks, 112 tackles for his season. Sioux Falls, Alex Parker, six sacks for season eight. Zen Osaki, 31 passes defended. From St. Louis, H.J. LaShaw, 17 half sacks for season eight. From Vancouver, Caden Carter and Muhammad 
Algulon had nine interceptions. So think of these stats as measuring sticks for how you would like your stats to look someday, or maybe even surpass. Uh, league history, did you know that in the summer of 2017, the SFL cut ties with Dax Stats and started a new partnership with Press Stats? Press Stats is a centralized stats and information database, which allows you to seamlessly and professionally combine the league's history information to present-day info. The SFL was the first league to use it, and it eliminates any middlemen or third parties, allowing you to submit your information and distribute your information when you're ready to. So kudos to Cam and the league staff for making the league the best it can be. Remember that all this information and more can be found on www.simulationfl.net. And Season 11 Media Guide. See Andy Hamilton for details if you're interested. Next up, SFL Storytime featuring James Klein. Stay tuned. Hey, and welcome back to SFL Storytime. Tonight's dossier review features Mr. James Klein of the Carolina Skyhawks. I am pleased to present you Memoirs of an SFL Agent, Training in Transylvania. Enjoy. March 13, 2019, Friday, 5.15 p.m. Scouting for Agent Cam is never a dull moment. My investigative adventures now land me in Romania, specifically Transylvania. Gliding through the sky seamlessly on the SFL's black, sleek G6, I looked out the window to behold all the beauty before me. I saw vast rolling hills of green grass and snow-capped mountains. Castles, all sizes, reaching up to the sky in various colors and shapes. Absolutely beautiful. I land, and I was driven about an hour away from the airport to yet another beautiful brick, ten-story masterpiece. I stepped out of the car and approached the entrance of the castle. A young woman awaited me. Hello, Miss Stryker. James Klein will see you now. I followed the young lady through the castle. We passed room after room, each more grand than the last. And finally, we reached our destination, the lab. Upon us entering the room, I noticed a man laying on the table. His broad shoulders, his broad muscular shoulders and neck and general build made me think of him as being a football player. He had all kinds of monitors and surgical equipment around him. Suddenly, I see the man, the myth, the legend, that is James Klein, enter the room. I walk up to him and introduce myself. My name is A.J. Stryker, and I'm very pleased to meet you, James. Let's get our interview underway, shall we? What advice can you give future coaches to the SFL? Advice? Make connections during the off-season with coaches and owners. Don't be afraid to try something new or just like the NFL, don't be afraid to copy another strategy that others use. However, I believe in scouting and watching film, then running simulations while building a playbook. Why is progression so important? I feel that a good playbook will beat out talent. However, progressions can make an average team good and a good team great. I believe that last season going through the ups and downs of progression taught me some things. Everyone has to be on board. Also, each position should progress towards the talents that will give their player a better chance to contribute and win games for their respective teams. How has the league changed since you've been here? I believe the league has changed from a fantasy league to an actual competitive product. When I first joined the SFL, things were very simple. You can build a team based on a cookie-cutter platform. Everybody had three goals, 
four silvers and five bronze players. Most teams looked at most teams looked the same, and it wasn't exciting. Now teams are continuously trying to build their perfect team, and it's hard. Just when you think you have a perfect build, you will see someone else has something that would trump yours. What is the best thing that rookies can do to become a part of a team? Rookies should be very positive. Don't be obnoxious or rude. Ask questions like, how can I help your team win? Or say things like, I would really like to be a part of something special. Always respect others' opinions and be humble. James pulled a large syringe full with red and white substance off the surgical stand. He injected the player in the neck with it, and he stood back and observed the monitors. The player started to shake violently for a moment and then relaxed completely. I noticed the veins all over his face and body were glowing bright red. I asked, Hey James, uh, is he supposed to look like that man? He looked at me and laughed. Of course, Stryker. He has Skyhawk blood in him now. He's better than he ever was. He stepped out. He stepped over to the monitors to check his player's level. Agility, 90. Strength, 90. Hmm. I seem to be missing leadership. I'm going to need more power. Just then, Thunder clapped loudly. Damn. It was just sunny when I arrived. I continued. How difficult is it to submit plays into the league each week? For me, it isn't hard at all. I haven't coached a lot of games, but have spent time teaching. The key is knowing the playbook and keeping your spreadsheets organized and clean. How have the graphics improved in the league? I've always thought that APF had decent graphics. I felt it was top-notch, actually. What are the qualifications of a good coach? I'm a coach in real life. I've coached for 22 years now. I've coached small children. I've coached high school seniors. I've even coached a young lady that plays for the University of North Carolina. She's a defender on the women's soccer team. What has helped me to be a good coach is communication. Understanding each situation. Knowing when to push a kid and when to step back. In the 22 years that I've coached sports, I have only two complaints. Both were because we lost a game. No person will coach the way you want them to. I love to pound the football. I'm old school. Wearing teams down is fun, but knowing that others have ideas is fine with me. The biggest frustration for me is seeing the AI coach doing silly things. The perfect example is trying to draw teams off sides. Well, thank you for your time, James. I've learned a lot. You truly are a master of your craft. You're welcome, Striker. Would you like to see me bring this player to life? He asked. I'd love to. He walked over to the panel of buttons near the entrance of the lab. Striker, stand away from the table, please, he commanded. I moved over. And out of the way, the first button pushed open the roof. I could see the rain falling, hitting what seemed to be a force field. This prevented the rain from destroying the lab. The next button he pushed raised the table. The player was laying on all the way through the roof and through the force field. And pressing the final button caused two steel rods to come out and up from the sides of the table. Suddenly... Two lightning bolts sh shocked the rods, illuminating the player entirely. After what seemed to be like minutes of natural shock therapy, James finally lowered the table. I noticed that the player seemed normal. No burns, no singe smell. Even his brown color and veins were normal. He walked over to the table and so did I. We waited patiently for any signs of life, and just then, I saw his fingers move slightly, then his toes. He opened his eyes and tried to speak. James, you did it. He's alive. Harish lives. I must create another, and I will call him Siobhan, James exclaimed. We both, ex we both were excited to see his creation active. 
He tightened the straps on the table to ensure his player didn't move too soon. Well, James, thanks again. As I turned to walk away, I noticed something shiny in the corner. James? Is that a jetpack? Why, yes, it is, Striker. You want to test it out? Heck yeah. I was so excited. I felt like a kid again. We grabbed the jetpack and went outside. We stepped out into the cobblestone lanai. I put the jetpack on and James explained to me how to use it. He told me that it came equipped with rockets and machine guns. I powered up and off. It was a little difficult to manage at first, but after a minute or two, it became second nature. As I'm preparing to land, though, I hear, Striker, watch out, from James. I shifted right to miss an RPG rocket headed for me. I peered down to see where the shot came from. I saw three red SUVs parked down below and 12 men. And, of course, one of the men were Commissioner Gordon. He got on his bullhorn and yelled, Striker, give up or the next shot will not miss. Oh, so you like to shoot people with RPGs now, huh? Well, I can do that too. I opened fire relentlessly. I used the machine guns first, hitting a couple of the henchmen. Next, I used three RPG rounds to take out the SUVs, hoping that it would take out Gordon as well. I hope it worked this time. Thank you guys for taking the time out to listen to this segment. I hope you had fun listening as much as I had fun making it. And next up, we have Teams of the League with London Knights. Stay tuned. All right, and we are back with Teams of the League featuring the London Knights. London's front office includes staff members Liam Crowder, Matthew Slim Shady as co-owners, uh, Gerald Smith is head coach, and Jeff Melanichin is general manager. Their roster goes as follows. Quarterback Rob Roy, two seasons in the league, San Francisco Shark, former San Francisco Shark member, Sitting at 536 completions of 764 attempts, 5,826 passing yards, 37 passing touchdowns, 34 interceptions, and an 89.9 quarterback rating. Wide receiver, Kevin McCargo. Two seasons in the league, 11 and 12. Denver, former Denver Nightwing member, 120 receptions, 1,407 Yard, seven touchdowns and one fumble. Wide receiver, Donnie Hands, two, two seasons in the league, seasons 11 and 12. Nine receptions, 1,276 yards, eight touchdowns and one fumble. Wide receiver, James Hands, three seasons in the league, seasons 10 through 12. Former Dallas Roughneck member, 215 receptions, 3,290 yards and 23 touchdowns. Strong safety, gentlemen, Jeff Melanichin. Two seasons in the league, seasons 11 and 12. 119 tackles, 28 assists, eight, inter- eight interceptions, 105 yards. Cornerback, Evan Arthur, rookie. 30 tackles, 11 assists, five interceptions, and 28 yards. Cornerback, Dean Maddox. Two seasons in the league, former San Francisco Shark member. 48 tackles, 23 assists. Nine interceptions and 102 yards. Free safety, Nathan Blake. Two seasons in the league, 11 through 12. 104 tackles, 36 assists, 11 interceptions, 96 yards. We have Reggie Streeter, running back. Fellow rookie. What's up, Reggie? Having a good season, I see. Uh, 275 carries, 1,267 yards. 12 reset uh, excuse me 12 rushing touchdowns 54 receptions 317 yards defensive tackle William Davidson three seasons in the league seasons 9 and 11 and 12 
former St. Louis Gladiator member, 107 tackles, 44 assists, 26 sacks, and six half sacks. Linebacker, Blake Craze, two seasons in the league, 11 and 12, former Indiana Red Devil member, 135 tackles, 40 assists, one sack, one half sack, two interceptions, and seven yards. And last but not least, linebacker Matthew Slinshady. Three seasons in the league, seasons 10 through 12, with 249 tackles, 102 assists, two sacks, two half sacks, three interceptions, and 11 yards. Some inf- interesting information about London includes um, they finished eight, number 18 last year. They had the number 11 scoring offense, number six conference finish, number 17 scoring defense, and 30 point, uh, zero points allowed. Currently, London is number 12 in the leagues with a record of four and five. Um, and they've had some fantastic team uh, record holdings too. And they goes as follows. Brady Streeter. Uh, has 1,267 yards, 4.9 yards per carry, and 12 touchdowns. So they're number one right now for that for the team of London. Spencer Marr, 1,027 yards, 3.7 yards per carry, four rushing touchdowns. And those are rushing touchdowns. I'm sorry, I didn't mention that before about Reggie. And Rex Ripley, 167 yards, 2.9 yards per carry, and one rushing touchdown. Passing includes Roy Roby Roby being number one for them. 5,826 passing yards, uh, 37 passing touchdowns, 8.9 quarterback rating. Matthew Lee had 4,204 passing yards with 24 passing touchdowns and a 73.7 quarterback rating. And Michael Martin, 2,900 and 61 passing yards, 17 touchdowns with an 80.2 quarterback rating. So thank you, uh, Liam for and Jeff, for giving me this useful information about your team. Wish you guys the best of luck in the future. And uh, looking forward to seeing you guys out there on the field again. Uh, next season, I guess. <laughs> but uh, so, you guys, thank you for listening. Stay tuned. So we are back with week 11 scores, player of the game, and was I right? Now, first team up is Mexico, teams are, rather, uh, Mexico versus Baltimore. Baltimore won 31-3. And I hope you're all right, Lloyd Graham. I saw you got hurt. You, all, you were out there with leg cramps, man. Got to make sure you stay Gatorade up, man. I know it's hard out there. But I hope you're doing better. Um, Daily Holer was the player of the game with nine receptions, 147 yards, three touchdowns, and a six, 16.3 yards per catch. And I was right about this game. Uh, Vancouver versus Denver. Uh, Vancouver, Denver won, excuse me, 63 to 38. Jared McChesney, again, <laughs> was the player of the game. With 24 attempts, 239 yards, and five touchdowns, 14 reception yards. And yes, I was right about this game. Las Vegas versus London. London pulled this win out 36 to 24. Reggie Streeter was a player of the game. What's up, Reggie? Uh, 28 attempts, 146 yards, one touchdown, 67 reception yards. And I was wrong about this one. Uh, OKC versus Carolina. Carolina won 27-24. Parrish Prasad was the player of the game with 10 receptions, 112 yards, two touchdowns, and 11.2 yards per catch. And yes, I was right about that one. Alaska versus San Francisco. 
Alaska won 27 to 20. San Francisco did try to catch him at that last minute. It just wasn't it just quite enough. Um, Optimus Klein was the player of the game with 10 receptions, 129 yards, two touchdowns, and 12.9 yards per carry. And that was, and I was right about that game. Dallas versus Atlanta. Dallas won 36-16. Zach Sandland was the player of the game. 27 attempts, 139 yards, four touchdowns, 41 reception yards. And no, I was not right about that game. Uh, Queen City versus Tallahassee. Tallahassee won 31-17. And Grayson Wilson was the player of the game with eight reception yards. Uh, 90, I'm sorry, eight receptions, 95 yards, two touchdowns, 11.9 yards per catch. And I was right about that game. Next up, we have Chicago versus Houston. And Chicago won by one point, 13 to 12. E.T. King was the player of the game. 29 uh, completions out of 40. We have 343 yards, one touchdown, and... 85.7 QBR rating for E.T. King. Fantastic guy. And, yes, I was right about that game. Oh, man. And we have Tulsa versus Sioux Falls. Sioux Falls won 23-14. Colin Hart was the player of the game. 29 attempts, 171 yards. One touchdown and 35 reception yards. And no, that was a big no. I was wrong about that one. I thought we was going to be able to pull that one out, but we didn't. We still got two more games to go. Got a couple shots to make. Got to win out, guys. We can do it. I believe in us. Um, tally, I, was, I had six right this week, three wrong. So my all-time is 60 right. 47 wrong. Not too bad. My picks for week 12 goes as follows. On March 22nd, Alaska will play Queen City, and I'm choosing Alaska to win that game. On March 23rd, Las Vegas will play Sioux Falls. I'm choosing Las Vegas to win that game by about three points. Um, March 24th, got Atlanta Swarm versus OKC. I'm choosing Atlanta. Vancouver versus London. I'm choosing Vancouver. Carolina versus St. Louis. I'm choosing Carolina. Baltimore versus Houston. I am choosing Baltimore. Indy versus Denver. I'm choosing Denver. Um, I have San Francisco going against Tallahassee. I'm choosing Tal. Uh, New Orleans Pharaohs versus Tulsa. Of course, I'm rooting for me. I'm rooting for the home team. Uh, and Mexico versus Chicago. I'm going with Chicago. So hopefully we can get that win, guys. I believe in this. Got to do it. Next up, fourth and goal interview. Deezer Powell and Kintez Johnson. Stay tuned. And we are back for the fourth and gold interview. Tonight's guests are Deezer Powell, wide receiver for the New Orleans New Orleans Pharaohs. How you doing? Good. How are you? Doing fantastic. And then we have Mr. Kentez Johnson, quarterback with Houston Hyenas. How you doing? Great. Glad to be here. Good. Glad to have you both here. Thank you for your time, gentlemen. First question, um, describe yourself. Who are you and like as a regular person, and what do you do for the SFL? And I'll start you first, Deezer. All right, well, right now I just I go to college. I have a college job. Uh, I'm a big sports fan, so when I saw the SFL at first, I already knew I wanted to join, and luckily <clears throat> I did get on a team pretty quick. And... Yeah, I got picked up by the Renegades, and back then it was pretty easy. There weren't that many rookies. I think it was the first time they filled up all the rosters, and it was already really fun my first season, and it's still fun, so that's why I'm still playing. Okay. 
fantastic. And so, what about you, Kentez? Um, so outside the NFL, I go to school. Um, you know, I don't really have that busy of a schedule. Uh, let's see. Well, I'm I'm currently in high school. I'm 16. Um, I'm planning on to college once I graduate. But uh, you yeah, have any, a, a college in mind? Um, yes. Let's see, Arizona State University or Arizona State University. Um, and Buffalo, Buffalo University, close to home. So yes. All right, sounds good, man. Sounds good. So, what do you guys like about the SFL? Like, what draws you to it? And I'll start with you first, Kintez. Um, what draws me to the SFL is the diverse community. Um, the way we all, you know, come in sync, I guess you could say, mm-hmm. in unison. Mm-hmm. Um, there's not very much drama whatsoever. Uh, everyone around here is very friendly and passionate about football, which I like. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, um, okay. it's a very community, so that's what draws me there. I love it. I love it. What about you, D? Well, I've always liked stuff like this, where you know you can see the simulations, the stats. Uh, I like baseball a lot, and all that sabermetric stuff really interests me. So, and that's same with football. Looking at all the stats and all the simulations, it's just really fun. And stuff like fantasy football, the SFL, it's all really fun to me. And I'm really glad it existed. I found it. I saw it on a, a YouTuber's channel, and I'm subscribed to a lot of you know YouTubers who do franchise on sports games and all that so Mm -hmm. that's how I found out about it okay fantastic so how do you guys plan to make an impact on the SFL and D I'll start with you first well I do like being a part of the SFL chat and stuff uh sorry if I've argued with you about the power rankings I know people are getting mad at me for that but uh, it's just fun to me, like all the competitive spirit and all that. Mm-hmm. I have nothing against anyone. And it's just fun to, you know, argue with people. <laughs> right, to rattle their chains a little bit, you know, kind of pick their brains as to why why I'm my number 12. You know, I, I understand. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I have nothing against everyone, anyone. Yeah. It's just, it's fun, you know, having conversations about that stuff. Mm-hmm. Very true. What about you, Kentez? Um, how I plan on impacting the SFL is well, obviously in a positive manner. Um, I plan on sticking around for a while. Um, I plan on have, helping any upcoming rookies this year and years to come. Um, oh, oh. And I also plan on leaving a legacy behind once I retire. But I plan on being a wa- around for a while as well. So. Okay, sounds good. You'll have company in that, I'm sure. Um, how have you grown Deezer as a wide receiver in comparison to last year? Well, so this is my third season. Mm-hmm. Uh, first season with the Renegades. I think the my contract level was like 81, which is a lot lower than it is right now, but that was actually my second best season compared to this season. And I think I had like 1,300 yards or something mm. and 15 touchdowns. I actually made the Pro Bowl as a rookie. Mm. Very nice. But man. as a team, we did pretty bad. I think we only had like three or four wins. Ooh. And uh, in my second season, Actually, no, the second season was worse. First season, we actually made the playoffs at like five and seven. Okay. And the second season, it was like more of a sophomore slump for me. Mm-hmm. I had like 950 yards, five touchdowns, and uh, we did worse. And then I joined the Pharaohs, and 
what do I have? Like, I think 1,500 yards mm. or 1,300 yards and 14 touchdowns right now. So okay. this is going to end up being my best season by far. Gotcha. And I'm going to I'm gonna ask you a little bit more about that later on. So I'm going to leave it right there right. for a second. Um, and Kintez? How have you? Um, yeah, how how have you grown as a quarterback? Um, I think I've matured. Mm-hmm. Um, as a quarterback compared to my rookie year, because you know in my rookie season, um, I was pretty much you know braggadocious. Um, uh, and and I mean I didn't think you know I, I didn't think I had anything to lose because I was playing so well, my team. Um, made the playoffs, you know, made the Pro Bowl as a rookie, um, offensive rookie of the year. Um, but uh, now that, you know, I've experienced some adversity, mm-hmm. um, I think it's definitely made me realize that, you know, we're all going to have our hardships. And so... You know, I think that's definitely affecting me as a player and as a person. Gotcha. Gotcha. So, what is your plan? What are your plans for the next five years in life and in SFL? And I'll start with you first, Kintez. Um, as I said before, you know, I plan on going to college mm-hmm. um, to be a doctor. Mm. Uh, yeah, you're going to be in school for a while, huh? Yep. But, um, trying to become like my owner. <laughs> but, um, that's where the SFL goes. Um, in the next five years, I, pl- I definitely plan on sticking around. Mm. Hopefully. Um, and so I hopefully stay, plan on staying with the Houston Titans. Okay. Um, and in the next five years, I see myself up there on the all-time leaderboards so okay I can dig that what about you D yeah the the only plans I really have in life are just to get college done with Mm -hmm. hopefully I'm done by then in five years I just want to get you know a four-year degree Mm -hmm. and uh that's all about that's about what I'm focused on right now nothing really nothing else major and for the SFL, mm-hmm. yeah, I hope I'm still in here in the next five years. Uh, to me, it's a lot like fantasy football, except year-round, pretty much. Right. And I really enjoy that. Mm-hmm. So I plan on sticking around a lot. Fantastic. And so will you both describe your most memorable SFL experience? And I'll start with you first, D. Hopefully the most memorable will be at the end of the season. Maybe we can win a championship. Mm-hmm. But up to this point, um, I guess season one is the final game for the Renegades. And we needed to win that game to make the playoffs as like the last seed. And then we drove down the field on a two-minute drill. And we kicked the game-winning field goal to win the game and make the playoffs. So that was pretty fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that sounds like a great time. And what about you, Kintez? My most memorable experience? Mm-hmm. Uh, it definitely has to be our semifinal game against the last year. Um, oh, right. it pains me just to bring it up. pains me just to bring it up. Um... You know, we were just um, call it to a way, pass, pass deflection away, technically. Mm-hmm. But uh, outside that game, my most memorable experience is when I got hurt in the preseason. Mm. Um, How the hell did that happen? Uh, um, so we were playing our preseason game in my rookie year against... Um, Chicago. Okay. And uh, Scott LaRoe, before the game, he said, he pretty much jinxed me and said, well, that I was going to get hurt. And, you know, a little oh. through the third quarter, I ended up getting injured. 
Um, uh, I forgot what the injury was, but uh, our defense came through, and you know we still got the win. So that's all that matters. At yeah, the end of the day. they got that. They had revenge for you, huh? Uh-huh. I like it. So, how do you plan to improve your players' ability for the next season? And I'll start with you first, Kintez. So I plan on through my ability as a quarterback. Um, I plan well, obviously. Um, that's a toughie. Hold on. Oh, um, as a quarterback, you know. Obviously, I plan on progressing mm-hmm. throughout the season, but um, value-wise, you know, I, I like stuff any value, you know, because Houston, Houston's that team, mm-hmm. but probably like a low silver, low silver, mid silver, maybe high silver, but yeah. Okay, and so D, what about you? Uh, well, yeah, it depends on the contract, but usually I like to have max speed, max route running, and with route guys and breakaway burst. That pretty much makes it so that, you know, you're open on, like, every play. Mm. And when you catch the ball, you still have, like, a few steps on the receiver. I mean, the corner. And they're not going to catch up to you because you have breakaway burst and max speed. So, I mean... If I could just add that to my build, I feel like that's the best combination. And, yeah, it works really well. Okay. I'm going to keep that in mind next season when we match up again, buddy. (laughs) (laughs) I'll see you then. Beautiful. And this leads me to, how do you guys handle adversity in the league or or either in life? And how about you star D on this one? Uh, what was that? Sorry. How do you handle adversity in the league or in life? Well, I mean, I try to not overreact to anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just try to keep level-headed. and I don't like say stuff, irrational stuff in the moment. You know, I, I think about what I say and go from there. Okay. I like that. And what about you, Kintez? Um, how I overcome adversity. Um, you know, at the beginning of my career, you know, being drafted 17th overall, um, I definitely thought that I had a chip on my shoulder. Uh, but, um, how I overcome adversity is, you know, uh, I definitely, in my rookie year, I definitely didn't handle it very well. Uh, uh, I lashed back at others, um, you know, because, you know, of the meaning from my preseason game. Uh, but now, like I said before, I, I think I've matured, and um, I don't really tend to pay much attention to, you know, what people say about me, because, you know, not everybody's going to like you. True. And so... Yeah. That's very, very true. All right. So how do you... um, So if Cam came to you guys and said, hey, I'm adding a new team this season, what do you guys... What do you think the name should be? or And the logo or the mascot? And I'll start with you first, D. Um, Was it, like, confirmed that there's going to be one? No, but this is kind of like wishful thinking, kind of like putting it in the air. You know, sometimes when you yeah. say things enough, you can make it happen. So <laughs> I saw, I think it was Optimus Klein posted like a video, mm-hmm. like a teaser, and it was the Portland Predators or something. That looks pretty cool. Portland Pla- Predators. Yeah, maybe he'll get, maybe he'll get his own thing. Okay. So I've actually heard that a few times, you know, since I've been doing the podcast, that they have they want Portland Predators. So that might be the next one. What do you think, Kentez? Well, um, you know, as far as the next expansion team goes, I hopefully, you know, I hope that Eddie Gabe gets a team. Um, you 
know, he's currently our defensive coordinator. Been in Houston longer than I've been alive, so. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I just think that it would be cool for him to get his own team. So, what do you think the name? But, of his, uh, what do you think the name of his team should be? Um, considering he lives in Arizona currently. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it has to be something that sticks with like the Arizona area. So I don't really know. Okay. Maybe the Arizona Sandstorm or well, we oh, already I got like that. I like that. <laughs> That's cool. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's Arizona desert. Yeah, there you go. You know, desert. You have to put a little accent on it or something. You know, <laughs> we can we can make it work. All right. Yeah. Good stuff, guys. So we're we're at the last question, and it's very simple. How do you feel about your owner and your team? And I will start with you first, uh, D, on that one. Um. Well. We're a pretty new team, and Aaron Arrington, and I think he does all the game planning and all that. They're a really good combo. Uh, I mean, our game plan puts us in a place to win every single game. We only had one game, really, where, where we kind of got blown out by Chicago. We only had, like, 12 points. It was, like, 35 to 12. I think that was the only game where I didn't have a touchdown. No one did. Man, besides that, I mean, they're amazing. Like, great game plans. It is really funny. And I'm just glad to be on the team. Fantastic. And I know they're glad to have you, man. So what about you? What about you, Ken? Um, well, you know, this is obviously, this might be biased, but... Um, as far as owners go, you know, Demon Simeon, DR Sim, um, he's definitely, you know, everything you could wish for in an owner and more. Um, you know, from him accepting all my wrongdoings and still keeping me on the team, uh, from him game planning, you know, every single week, put us in the best position to succeed. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely see him as probably one of the best people you've ever meet um and definitely the best owner in the league um and hopefully you know in due time i could probably bring him a championship um that's probably that's what i'm wishing for right now just to repay him for everything he's done for me so far and as far as staff goes um same thing goes with eddie gage man you know funny guy um Definitely a great defensive coordinator. Uh, Puts our defense, you know. There was weeks, there were were weeks this season where the defense um, carried the team. Um, So he definitely, he definitely knows what he's doing. And, you know, couldn't wish for a better defensive coordinator, honestly. Um, You know, I communicated with him a few times over the phone as well. Same with DeMond, but, you know. I think those two together are amazing. Fantastic, man. Beautiful. Well, guys, I want to thank you so much for your time. And this is the end of the interview. And normally what I like to do is give my guests like the last word. And this could be like shout outs. This could be stories. This could be singing or poem, whatever you want to do. I'll give you the floor. And I will start with you first, um, Kentez, on this one. Hyenas, baby. Next year, we're going for that championship. Shout out to DeMont. Shout out to the whole squad. I love you guys. Beautiful. All right. And what's up, D? What you have to say? Shout out to the whole Pharaohs roster. Uh, we're going for the championship this season. And maybe next time you can have Xander Gold on this. Yes. If Xander, I did ask Xander, and uh, I'm still waiting for a definitive answer. 
So if he wants to come, I'll be happy to, you know, allow him that space. But y'all have a fantastic night. Thank you so much for your time. And you guys are welcome back on the show anytime that you want to be, okay? Thank you. Yes, ma'am. Thank you for having me. You're very welcome. Y'all have a blessed night, and I'll see you guys out there on the field. Thank you guys for coming and joining me tonight. It was a pleasure to bring you this podcast as usual. Special thanks goes out to Deezer Powell and Kentez Johnson for making time to uh, hang out with me on the interview. Thank you again to Mr. James Klein for giving me his interview as well. And like I said, it's always fun for me to do this. And I just hope you guys enjoy it just as much as I do making it for you. So with that, you all have a blessed week and I will see you guys next time. Striker out. Have you ever wanted to give a gift that would last a lifetime and even after? Is there a heartfelt message of love or a strong memorial for a loved one that you would like to immortalize forever? Your timeless piece of artwork can be found at Extraordinary Everest. At Extraordinary Everest, we use carefully selected mining stones as the base of your gift, which have been used for centuries by the Tibetan people for sacred rituals. Then, a Sherpa master engraver inscribes your special message, design, verse, or whatever you want on these precious stones. Your stone will be transported by yak to the slopes of the mighty immovable Mount Everest, where it will rest for many lifetimes to come. Whether it's to symbolize a marriage for the birth of your newborn child, or one-of-a-kind birthday or Valentine's Day gift, Extraordinary Everest has your gift for you. Come visit us at www.extraordinaryeverest.com. That's extraordinaryeverest.com. And leave your mark on the most extraordinary place on earth, Everest.